You're tuning in to the Raised by Rentals program. This podcast will contain strong language and spoilers for decades-old media properties. Welcome, everybody. This is the podcast where we examine pop culture franchises of the VHS era, improv new stories, and go on long-winded rants about our favorite movies, TV shows, and games. I'm Josh. I'm Mike. And we were raised by rentals. Mike, it's time for another rental rant. Woohoo! Hey, that episode we did uh, we did that came out a couple weeks ago as a as an in between week special. Uh, that was pretty fun. Yeah, no, I enjoyed that. Uh, it, it's kind of a cool idea. I'm glad. I'm glad you had that idea. I'm glad you brought that up as a possibility for us to get together and, and chat and have some of these like side trail conversations that we always have <laughs> in our regular yeah. episodes. That sometimes they start to derail. I think uh, you know our our train of thought a little bit, or maybe not even derail so much. It's just we 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 get so passionate about you know talking about remakes or or whatever other you know uh, uh, subjects come up during you know, an improv session that. You know, sometimes we just get so far off the beaten path down these little rabbit trails that it seemed like a really good idea to have a different venue to do that. I had a ton of fun recording that first episode, and I was really happy, you know, to see that it came in relatively short because now we have some like more bite sized episodes, you know, if people want to come and, and check out what we do. And it's not our normal format, but yeah, it's really not that different either, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. No, I, I think, I mean, I'm sure you, you, you'd agree with me on this. I have several podcasts that are though they're they're kind of my hunker down and listen to podcasts, and then I have the ones that I know are going to be short, quick, little bite size podcasts that I will listen to in the car or you know at work, something that's just a a nice easy listen versus I have to invest time, you know. So I, I like mm-hmm. having the option of both these shorter episodes and then the longer ones, you know, just in this one show. I think it's kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. And I think it kind of fits in with the model of like uh, YouTube, for example, and a lot of other social media platforms are experimenting with like longer form videos. But then you have like the shorts, you know, where you have like a little like one to three minute little bite sized thing. And, you know, we're we're never going to get down to one to three minutes. (laughs) (laughs) Never. Yeah, so we talked about remakes a little bit, uh, and that came up in some previous episodes. I'm not sure that our first episode... That we even though we called it a rental rant, I don't know that it was really a rant so much as you were like, "Well, I like remakes," and I was like, "I don't give a shit." <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> so I thought hot takes are way more interesting. So uh, uh, I'm gonna say, go ahead and say that your goddamn TV shows are too goddamn long. <laughs> <laughs> and some. Surprisingly, I'm not going to be on the side of opposition on this one. I'm going to 100% agree on this topic. Hell yeah. Let's bitch for a little while. (laughs) Absolutely. Yeah. So what I mean is like it is so hard for me to be able to invest the time that I would need to to enjoy all of the pop culture uh, properties that are out there, whether it's comics, you know, movies, TV shows, 
books, whatever. And, and maybe it's just my personal taste in things. But, you know, some of the things that I like, like fantasy novels, like they require a large investment of time. Like they tend to be bricks of books, you know, big yep. thousand page tomes. And quite frankly, I don't read a lot of fantasy books anymore. I tend to be super picky uh, about what I read. I'm very choosy. And it takes a lot of people, you know, talking up a book and giving me good recommendations before I say, OK, like this one seems like, you know, it's going to be a win for me to invest the time in it because I'm also reading comics, which while traditionally sort of bite-sized little, you know, 24 page pamphlets, but I read trade, trade paperback collections and graphic novels and like larger volumes. And, you know, for me to have a comic that's less than 300 pages is kind of unusual. So even reading comics can be a little bit of an investment of time and then trying to watch movies. And I am just woefully, woefully behind and out of sync when it comes to movie pop culture, <laughs> like <laughs> I have a list of movies that goes back so many years. It's embarrassing. And I try to go, to, I try to go to the beginning and watch movies, you know, from like 10 years ago, like, right. the, like the Nightmare on Elm Street remake that I never saw until recently. <laughs> and that's how bad it is. Um, but man, the, the streaming TV these days has made oh. it so much worse. Yeah. And before you get in, let me just jump in and say something. The, the one thing that drives me crazy, I both love it and hate it, is the interconnectivity of all these things. Because it's like, in order to fully understand this, you need to have watched this. So that kind of started for me with The Walking Dead, where it was like, oh, in order to understand fully the fear of The Walking Dead, you, you have to be caught up on The Walking Dead. And it's like, and I kept falling behind on The Walking Dead. As much as I loved it, I kept falling behind. This with the Marvel TV shows and all that, and like they're all interconnected. <laughs> There's you really have to understand, and then that that ties over into the films. Like I don't want to ruin anything for anyone, but I recently watched one of the shows without seeing one of the films, and part of the film tied into the show. And then I recently watched one of the films without watching one of the shows, and parts from the show tied into the film. And I'm like, damn it, <laughs> I missed it. Yeah, but yeah, that drives yeah. me crazy. And you're totally right. You know, and I experienced that in comics sometimes, too, because, you know, the crossover is a tried and true, you know, uh, comic book uh, uh, trope. And, you know, we could have another episode about the the, yeah. anno the annoyances <laughs> that come along because crossovers in comics are awesome. But, the, man, they can there's so many pitfalls for a crossover to be super annoying. Um, but, but even just recently, I was reading some comics uh, and I, I won't get into what they were, but. It, it, it was a superhero comic, not a modern one, it's, you know, a little old. I was catching up on some stuff I never read. And I get to like the sixth issue of the comic and like the story totally shifted. And I was like, wait a second. OK, so we had an ending in the last issue and I just thought this was going to be like more of the same. But this is a totally different thing. And then there was like, these little like, you know, uh, in case you missed it, text boxes that were like, you know, in this other comic issue three, so and so died. And I'm like, what the fuck? Like yep. not, not only was it a crossover, but it was like an unannounced crossover. It was like, I had to be reading the other comic to be like, surprise, surprise, pick up, you know, this other one, uh, this other title next month for the exciting conclusion. It was like, they, they tricked me, but because yeah. I wasn't buying them fresh off the rack brand new, cause they're several years old and I wasn't reading the other comic, I had no idea. So then even if I had wanted to read the other comic first to get the whole story, they already ruined the ending for me by telling me the character died. And then I'm like, well, what yeah. the fuck? I'm not going to go read the other bullshit now. And you just ruined the comic I was reading. 
see now I, I legitimately had uh, two different two different comics that I stopped collecting because of that. Um, I remember back in the early 2000s, I was reading Batman, just just Batman, none of the other Bat family. Mm-hmm. And they did some crazy crossover where it was literally like all of the Batman books. It was like Batgirl, Nightwing, Detective Comics, like all of the like they were all mixed together. And I'm like, I only want to read Batman. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, all right, well, <laughs> I'm not going to buy all of these other comics every month for this crossover. So I guess I'll just skip an issue of Batman or just not read it. And then when I got to the next, like the next issue after the crossover, nothing made sense because I missed this huge storyline. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I was that was it. I was done. I was like, you know what? Batman's getting crossed off my list. The same thing happened <laughs> with Green Arrow because I was yeah. reading Green Arrow with the Kevin Smith run, and then it was like, oh, we brought back Hell Jordan. Let's let's you got to read Green Arrow, Green Lantern, and their little crossover title, which I think was like the Brave and the Bold, you mm-hmm. know, something like that. Um, but I'm like, I don't wanna. I just want to read Green Arrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So I, I, I skipped it. And again, I was confused. So I was like, well, that's getting dropped. <laughs> yeah, you're right. And, and that's actually a big part of the reason why I stopped reading um, monthly comics altogether years ago, like brand new fresh monthly comics and stopped having like a subscriber pull bin at my local comic shop. Part of it was just economic at the time, like comics are expensive, you know, which right. is another rental rent we could go on, you know, <laughs> like <laughs> yeah. comics have, have outpaced the, the rate of inflation so egregiously that I, I cannot I cannot believe it. You know, I could maybe maybe let's get through this uh, this TV show conversation, yeah. <laughs> but maybe I can circle back to this and talk about why comic books are so fucking expensive and it's and how it's it's literally like destroying it's destroying the market. It's yeah. it's that it's the worst thing that happened to comics. I don't care what the content of the story is or how popular the characters are or the Marvel movies or I don't name whatever you want to name that's ruining comics and I will tell you exactly what the real reason is. It's the fucking price tag on the cover. But anyway, um <laughs> But but also, yeah, because of that, there was things, you know, at the time when I quit reading monthly comics, it was getting into like the it was the House of M and Secret Invasion at Marvel and all that stuff. And it was like, yeah, you couldn't just read like the one comic that you enjoyed. And there was a brief period of time when I decided I wanted to like, let me try some DC for a while. I hadn't read DC on a regular basis and I never was a huge DC guy. But, you know, hey, I'm going to try this out. Yeah. And you mentioned Green Lantern. And when they brought back Hal Jordan in the Green Lantern Rebirth in the early 2000s, when Jeff Johns was on that, I was never a big Green Lantern fan, but I, I had read, um, I think it was called Emerald Twilight, the crossover where Hal Jordan, uh, like, or the, the Green Lantern Corps destroyed. And I'd read the storyline where Hal Jordan went evil, and I read Zero Hour, and I kind of knew like what had happened to him. Um, and I had liked his appearances when he became the Spectre for a while. So I thought, mm-hmm. I'll check out the Green Lantern comic. And it was, and I thought it was great. I really did. I, say what you will about Jeff Johns, and I have a lot of bad things to say about choices he makes, but he's a, he's a talented writer, and he wrote a really good story about Green Lantern. He made me care about Hal Jordan for the first time ever. And three or maybe four issues in, boom, crossover. And the, not only was the comic like weird for a month or two, but it never went back to the status quo that it had just established with the brand new relaunch of a title like three or four issues in it goes on a completely different direction and never goes back so this comic that i thought was awesome that got me reading dc comics for the first time in years i said well i guess that was a mistake you know and fucked off that shit Mm -hmm. (laughs) but anyway (laughs) (laughs) but anyway and yeah so i haven't watched 
uh, any of the recent Marvel stuff. And I, you know, I'm a big Marvel Comics fan and I have been since I was, you know, 11 years old. And I was super excited about the MCU. But as I'd mentioned on some other uh, episodes and other podcasts, you know, I would get behind on movies because there's there's so much to ingest. And yeah. so I, I'd have to go back and like catch up. Like when Endgame uh, came out, I was like, okay, well, I got to catch up on a couple of these recent movies. And so I go back and I do that. And then, you know, they start looking at the TV shows, the the, the more current MCU TV shows. Uh, like, and I just couldn't do it. You know, I, WandaVision seemed like a cool idea and I enjoyed what I saw. But a couple episodes in and I was just like, okay, like I get it. Like I get your concept. I don't really need any more of this, uh, despite the quality of it. And I just don't have time for uh winter soldier or whatever that show is called and and then and then they announced loki and it's like oh jesus and another one you know and <laughs> and and the problem is because there the there's there's so much of it and the episodes yeah. are so long and there are so many of them you know and, and the examples that i just mentioned i don't know how long those episodes are i don't know how many episodes are in a season i don't have the facts in front of me but i quit wandavision because i was like you know it's like 45 minutes and there's i don't know eight of these or something like that but, but you're, you're basically asking me to watch like a six-hour movie and it's bad enough that i just had to go back and catch up on a couple of these like two two and a half hour mega epics that you keep putting out and now i gotta watch this like six hour one too and then oh and then there's another one and another one and another one and it's like oh my god you know yeah <laughs> It's it's it in a way it's paralysis of choice because we have so much out there to consume so many different, you know, outlets, whether it be books, TV, comics, movies, you know, video games, podcasts, there's so much to enjoy that when you really enjoy one property and they're just constantly pumping stuff out, it's hard to enjoy anything else. And it starts to feel like homework. It's mm -hmm. one of the reasons that like. I used to, well, you remember, I used to love Warcraft. And I oh, still yeah. do. I still love everything about Warcraft. I have barely played the game anymore. And the reason being, it became like homework. It was like you have to do so much in order to progress on certain things. It's like, I ain't got the time to do that anymore. Like, yeah, before I was a dad, sure, I had plenty of time. You know, <laughs> it's like, but I, you know, I'm an old man now. I don't got time for this <laughs> shit. You know, so grind it, it out, grind it. <laughs> right. It's very hard to like to sit there and devote that kind of time. And I feel the same way about television shows. Like I've gotten to a to a happy place with TV shows where like I have a list of, of things I'll watch. And I, I have I have a deal with myself where it's like, all right, when I'm on the treadmill and when I'm eating my lunch at work, I'll watch. Once I'm done eating lunch, I pause it and end it there. Like if, if I didn't finish the episode on the treadmill, well, that sucks. I'll get to it tomorrow. And I do that. As much, like, that's how I catch up on my shows now. I don't just sit down and watch them because I can't. I can't devote the time. They're too mm -hmm. fucking long. There's too many of them. Yeah. Yeah, you're totally right. And 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 it's so hard to commit that time without doing anything else to the point mm -hmm. where I end, I end up multitasking all the time while trying to watch something. And I hate it. And I, I really do. Like, I don't like that I do it. You know, it annoys, it annoys Tegan. And and mm -hmm. I, when I'm trying to show somebody a movie, oh, you got to watch this movie. It's so cool. And then they're on there sitting there playing on their phone. I'm like, well, shit, I guess you don't like this. But it's like yep. I, do, I do like it. I just I just have so much shit going on. with, And not just <laughs> not just like for entertainment, but I've got like emails and like notifications on my phone and, you know, things from I'm doing for the kids and like reminders on my phone to take care of this and take care of that. And that that chore and that, you know, requirement and that meeting or whatever. It's like. My whole life is scheduled and my, yeah. I live by my calendar. Oh, I, especially with my day job. 
and yeah and so it's like i literally have to schedule in time to do things like okay i gotta i'll have time to watch a movie at six o'clock or or you know whatever um and so yeah so whenever whenever there's an announcement for some new property like moon knight and it looks so cool and i'm a marvel comic fan i like these characters you know i don't want it to feel like homework i don't want it to feel like it like it seemed like an obligation but like again with the mcu i had to go back and catch up on a couple of movies and it wasn't because i didn't want to see ant-man and the wasp you know or spider-man um whatever that whatever that second one was called yeah <laughs> um, uh, far from home yeah that's it right uh which i know was after endgame but i still had to i had to like catch up um for the for the second one um but it was like i wanted to see those movies but i just didn't when they came out because it was like you know, it was like fatigue, you know, it's yeah. like it, it's like entertainment fatigue where I, it's like even you know, you read a, a thousand page novel. I'm not the kind of person who's just who's going to immediately pick up that second novel in that fantasy series and go, oh, I wonder what happens next. Like, I need a breather, you know, yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's like, OK, another perfect example is, is you've mentioned this before, is that there's something to be said for getting to the point. Um, I think, what did you call it? A, 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 a something of like economy of storytelling or something like yeah, that. Yeah, it's an economy of story. Just get to the Thank fucking you. point, man. Yeah, yeah. there are pl- and now, and I'm going to go back to the Walking Dead because again, you you remember, I'm sure, how much of a fanatic I was for the comics when they were. Oh coming. yeah, big like, time. I was I was hook like I was the target audience that they were aiming at when that comic first launched. I've always been a zombie nut. I loved freaking Tony Morris art. Like I ate up anything that man drew. So it was yep. like Robert Kirkman and Tony Moore. It was like a one-two punch for me. It was like zombies and awesome art with a great writing team. Oh, hell yeah, I'm in. So when they announced the show, I was beyond excited. The The first season is six episodes. It's short. It's sweet. It's to the point. And it, more importantly, it does its own thing. So it lets us know very early on, hey, this isn't just an adaption of the comic. We have a new story to tell you. So if you like the comic, great. But we hope you like this, too. And you, and again, I've said this before about remakes. I like if you're going to do an adaptation or a remake or something, give me something new. Give me a reason to check it out. Don't just regurgitate the same story I already know. So I was all in. Season two went more than double. It was 13 episodes. Yep. So it was like, OK, and everybody says the same thing. Season two drags because it fucking does. Yes. There's like two or three episodes that don't even need to be there. They're yep. just it's just being indulgent because they got great rave reviews for season one. Season three goes to 16 episodes. And that's when people started dropping out because they were like, oh, we, we got the governor in. This is going to be cool. Mm-hmm. And then it was just a bunch of bullshit for like episode after episode. They're like, oh, yeah, the, the fight is coming. When? When is it coming? Like, I don't want to sit here for three more hours waiting for the fucking fight. You know, then season four, again, 16. They they were staying 16 episodes for a while. And I'm pulling it up right here. It was, yeah, fucking season 10 went 22 episodes. Like, I haven't even watched season 10 because of this. Yeah, I'm on board. I actually stopped watching in season two. Like I quit really early because I was just like, this is some boring, so fucking boring. Like I can't handle it. Like get to the fucking point. And Mm -hmm. then I didn't get back until um, until Negan. I had I watched an episode here and there because my wife was into it and she was watching. I'd sit down and I would watch it. So I watched season three kind of like maybe 
half of it like out of order or whatever, you know. Um, right. But when Negan came in, like I, you know, I really liked Jeffrey Dean, St- Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and Morgan, yep. uh, yeah, I almost said Stanton, and um, you know, I really liked Jeffrey Dean Morgan, and I liked the, the character seemed cool, and I had kind of casually been watching it more and more as Christina was watching it, and I really liked that character, and then I went back and I caught up, and it was a fucking slog, and I I regret yep. catching up because not only was it it was like boring, but it didn't add anything. Like I, I got, I knew the whole fucking story. I didn't need any of that shit. It was just so much filler characters yeah. who come on and have like their, their touching moment for one or two episodes and they're fucking dead just over and over and over again. <laughs> yep. And then even, even the thing with Negan, Christina and I got hooked on it, like hardcore. I love Negan. I love this whole story with this, this war coming, this like between all these different towns. And it was like, they were just ramping up the tension. They were killing the characters that you never thought that they would kill, like the fan favorites. And I was like, oh shit, here it comes. Mm-hmm. And I don't have the facts in front of me because it felt like 16 fucking seasons of, oh, Negan's going to hurt somebody. Oh, here it comes. <laughs> and I'm like. When's it ever going to happen? Is it going to happen? Are you ever going to get to the fucking point? Like, Jesus <laughs> Christ. And I actually quit watching it before. I have, I, like, I, I know now what happened with Negan, but I didn't even watch it. I was like, you know what? Like, you've ruined this so much with this, like, tension fatigue. Like, it's like <laughs> you're trying to blow up this balloon and it's popping prematurely because you're yeah. just – it's just too much. It's too much. It's too much. And I don't fucking care anymore. And you've completely yeah. ruined the show for me. See, for me, I actually, I think it was uh, midway through season nine. I'm actually looking at it here. Yeah, midway through season nine is when I quit because, um, and I I remember the very last episode that I watched, I was actually in the hospital because it was uh, when I got, I I ended up getting pneumonia. Oh, yeah. And um, so I was like, I went to the hospital, you know, they found out that that one of my lungs was completely filled with fluid. That was terrifying. Um, So I got admitted for a couple of days while while they they cleaned me up and ran me through a bunch of tests. And I'm laying there. There's not, there's not a lot to watch. You know, hospital television sucks. Um, so I was mostly just watching shit on my phone. But it was a new episode of The Walking Dead on, on the, the night I was in there. I'm like, all right, let me watch this. It's it's the the mid-season finale. And, um, you know, they killed off a, a character. I won't say who in case people have you know haven't caught up. But they killed off a character. And I'm like, mm-hmm. I just don't care anymore. I, I really <laughs> just don't care. Like, I, I vividly remember thinking to myself, like, yeah, I didn't expect that person to die here, but I'm literally numb to it. Yep. And it was funny because I went on Facebook and like saw people talking about like, oh, my God, I can't believe they did that. And I'm like, I, am I am I weird for not caring? Like and then that freaking AMC. Oh, my God. They drove me. Uh, they drove me nuts because they ended up playing that. They, they played Walking Dead and Talking Dead. Now, keep in mind, I'm trapped in a hospital. I don't got many options. Then after Talking Dead, they're like encore episode of The Walking Dead. I'm like. Okay, encore episode of Talking Dead. I'm like, oh, God, help. Then after (laughs) that, Walking Dead yet again. I'm like, you've already played it twice tonight. Why are you playing it again? They they played it like it was just Walking Dead, Talking Dead back to back for like four hours. And I was like, oh, my God, I can't take any more Walking Dead. And that was when I stopped. I haven't caught up since. I haven't seen anything Walking Dead. I read the comic to its conclusion. Yeah, I hadn't even done that. I got so burnt on the fucking TV show that I never even finished the comic. 
you know, and, and yeah, and I, you got me into the comic. I remember I was a, I liked Kirkman before I had mm-hmm. even uh, before Walking Dead came out. Before Kirkman like was like a thing because he had done some like random stuff for for Image like Reaper and like some Super yep. Patriot issues, you know. And uh, he, like he wasn't a known commodity, but I recognized the name. And I read the first. You lent me the first couple of issues of the comic, and I thought this is really well done. But I'm not the world's biggest zombie fan, so mm-hmm. I was like, uh, you know, I, I'll trade wait and see what happens. Um, and I ended up borrowing more issues from you, and I was like, oh shit, like this is awesome. And yep. yeah, I have. I have like a half a shelf full of just like solid wall of, of walking dead trade paperbacks. And I just got so like burnt on it on just the whole idea, the whole thing. I just, I couldn't do it, you know, and I will, yeah. I know that I will eventually, you know, again, it was just like the MCU stuff. I got burnt. I, I took a break. I went back, I caught up now I'm burnt again. Like I'm in that, that cycle, you know? Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and that's the thing that going back to the whole TV show thing, that's, what happens to me more often than not. This is why I've always said, and 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 I know you're going to, like, I'm just preaching to the choir here. I've been saying this <laughs> for years. But I've always preferred finite stories to ongoing. Yep. Like, I prefer, like, okay, even in comics, like, I prefer The Watchmen or The Preacher or those stories that there is an end game in sight. Like, we will get there. Like, mm-hmm. we're coming up to the end. I prefer that versus the, you know, the ongoing like Spider-Man, X-Men and all that as much as I love those. But the reason I prefer that is because with Spider-Man, X-Men, you have to keep the story going. So it's like, all right, we're going to bring on this writing team or this the creative team and they're going to do their, you know, six to 24, whatever, however many issues. And then they're going to stop. And then the next creative team is going to come in and they're going to be like, yeah, all that shit that you really like from those other guys. Fuck that. It was all fake. Ha ha. We're going to do our own thing now. Oh, God. Yeah. (laughs) It's like the whole Grant Morrison Zorn thing. Like, man, that burned me so bad. I didn't want to read any more X-Men comics after that. But it was just like, I was like, you know what? Yes. I was like, fuck you, dude. (laughs) Like, I was so bad. But that happens with ongoing television shows for me where it's like, you know, ooh, what are they going to do next? It's like. They can only carry that out for so long before it gets ridiculous. And it's it's that whole thing. It's 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 what is it better to burn out than fade away or something like that? Yeah, that's yeah. it. It's that's it. Exactly. So it's better for them to go out on top than mm-hmm. to like fade into obscurity and for people to like hate the show. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, just fucking tell your story and get out. Yeah. Like, yeah. I. Oh, it drives me crazy. <laughs> yeah, you know what? I actually I learned that uh, that adage. I mean, I, well, not the burnout and the fade away, but the the idea of like quit while you're ahead. Mm-hmm. I, I, I say I learned it. I'll say I, I I saw how it applied in the real world. I learned it from Mark Miller um, or Millar, depending on your pronunciation. You know, the comics writer who, mm-hmm. along with Brian Michael Bendis, was like the architect of the Marvel Ultimate. Uh, imprint that was really huge in the early 2000s which as i mentioned before was really the the blueprint for what marvel has done with their movies in terms of how they approach their superheroes with like more like realistic looking costumes and the 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 revised histories and you know all those ultimate books even with like into the spider-verse coming out at that because of miles morales those Mm -hmm. ultimate books were you know were amazing but absolutely uh mark miller did something really smart he wrote the ultimates which, you know, for anyone isn't familiar, the Ultimates is the Avengers. Uh, it was, you know, a reimagining of the Avengers in a in a rebooted continuity. They didn't have the decades of history that you needed to understand the story. You could just pick up uh, the Ultimates or Ultimate Spider-Man or Ultimate X-Men. And it was like they re- they started over again telling similar stories, but just a little bit different. 
Mm-hmm. And, you know, in the Ultimates, it was a little bit more realistic. It was a little bit more grounded in, like, modern culture and politics. Uh, you know, as realistic as, like, you know, a, a, a hulking rage monster can be, you know. But, <laughs> right. But, you know, they, they, they try to take it a little bit seriously, uh, you know, treat it seriously. And Mark Miller does that really well. That's what he does well as a comic writer is that he, he can take a ridiculous concept and treat it really not, you know, grim and gritty but he can treat it seriously he can he can take an idea that seems silly and say no 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 this isn't silly you know and tell you something interesting um so he wrote two volumes of the ultimates which is really like one long story with like a like intermission and then he got out and he could have he had a contract for the third one he could have written crossovers and they they did crossovers after that with other writers you know he could have he was on top of the world and he could he could have written anything he wanted with marvel and he did he wrote a lot of stuff he wrote all of his dream projects including some really strange ones like trouble you know which is like teen aunt may romance yep <laughs> which hey hate, hate, hate is gonna hate but i liked trouble <laughs> i did too i remember i remember where that came out i enjoyed that hey it's just you and me then we're the only ones <laughs> <laughs> but yeah but mark miller famously you know he went and he and of course you know being a being a, an amazing uh, personal hype machine for himself he you know he was like no i'm getting out i'm getting out while the getting's good i'm going out on top you know i it was a best-selling comic huge hit critical and you know fan base hit sales hit he's like i'm getting out and what did marvel do they said no no no, we can't we can't stop them the money train are rolling and so they mm-hmm. brought in another writer who told some bullshit unnecessary goofy ass story in ultimates three because there was nowhere to go the story didn't need to exist mark miller didn't set anything up for it to go anywhere because it wasn't supposed to go anywhere and yep. then you know jeff Loeb comes in who i'm hit or miss miss with jeff Loeb because Same. you know a lot of his comics suck except you know batman the long halloween is badass and the movie fucking commando is and teen wolf are badass <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> that he also wrote but Ultimates 3 is one of the worst comics of all time. I mean, oh, ask, you know, yeah. ask any serious comic fan, give me your top 10 worst comics ever, and Ultimates 3 is going to be on that list. Just com- a complete steaming pile of hot garbage. That, like, what and- the fuck did they do to Hawkeye in that? Like, the, the, the weird purple suit with the blonde hair? Like, I hated it. They did so many, and they had the Hulk start eating people, like literally yes. like eating, like he ate the wasp, you know, yeah. like Jesus Christ. It was just so stupid, so oh, stupid. I hated it. And it didn't need to exist because Mark Miller just could have gotten out, you know, on top. But it was, yeah, it was the whole idea of like, they, oh, we can't stop now. We can't stop now. You know, and, and to kind of, kind of bring us back to the whole point I wanted to have this rant about. And, and it's, it's 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 interesting that we got down this path of talking about comics so much because it's really you know ties into the concept. Is I, it, I'm just I'm specifically bitching about the Netflix Marvel TV shows, the Daredevil, uh, Luke Cage, Jessica Jones, Iron Fist, the Punisher, and the Defenders crossover. Um, and yeah, I know that those came out years ago, and they're like <laughs> very topical, Josh. You know. <laughs> <laughs> But the reason I mentioned it is because that is when I saw the problem is when I was watching those shows that I started to realize, fuck this. I am sick of watching shows and making it seem like it's homework. I'm sick of trying to trying to desperately keep up with media properties and franchises that I enjoy while feeling like. You know, I'm I'm sweating with anxiety trying like, oh, shit, I got to watch one more before bed or I'm not going to finish on time. I got to read so many pages before like the end of the day or I'm not going to finish on time or, you know, whatever. And it's like this. Why am I feeling anxious about a TV show? 
And then I don't even in like I don't even like it. I'm not even enjoying it. It's just because yeah. it's a Marvel character, and I was a comic book fan, and people told me that it was cool, you know. Um, you know, so I'll back up and say I loved the the first season of the Daredevil show. I, I, I could nitpick it, and I definitely it, yes, it was too long like most of them, but I really liked that one. Like I'll, I'll say, hey, good job, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Netflix and Marvel on on uh, Daredevil, and Luke Cage is a badass character with some badass scenes in a in a show that goes nowhere you know just (laughs) just it goes nowhere they ruined the best supporting character in the sixth episode of the first season and every single other episode is just completely pointless just completely a waste of time they brought in another cool like villain in the second season and they just like cut his legs out from under him completely made him look like a douchebag by the end of the season and it was like what's the fucking point like and it was like the problem is that you have these seasons that are 13 episodes long. Every episode is like 45 to 60 minutes long. So it's like a little mini movie every single time. And again, times 13, like, you're like Jesus yeah. Christ, you know, it's like an 11, 12, 13 hour movie. And yeah, the devil one was cool. And Daredevil season two was pretty good. But the, but the, for me, the real problem was uh, other than, you know, everyone knows Iron Fist was a waste of time. Luke Cage was so padded. It was like, you know, the first six episodes and the rest of it's worthless. But the 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 one that really got me, the one that made me realize that I'm done with this bullshit, <laughs> even though I finished them because I was like, well, I've come this far. I guess I might as well finish them all, you know? <laughs> and then I fucking regretted it because I'm like, why did I do that to myself? Why did I do this to myself? But right. the one that was, the, the, was the real problem was Jessica Jones. I love yeah. Jessica Jones as a character. Um, you're the one who turned me on to Alias years mm-hmm. ago when Brian Michael Bennett was writing that for Marvel Max. You know, that was a uh, an R-rated uh, comic line that Marvel did. So Jessica Jones was a, you know, a foul-mouthed, hard-drinking, badass private eye. She's yep. not she's not anymore. You know, she's been uh, she's been tamed and PG rated now. But, um, you know, and that's what made her so exciting. Yeah. And. <sighs> You know, I don't like Kristen Ritter as an actress. I thought she was – it was terrible miscasting. That's my personal opinion. I know not everyone agrees with me. Um, but I had a hard time watching the show just because all I could see was just Kristen Ritter trying way too hard to be, <laughs> like, a badass, and she's not. Or if she is, like, she's a bad actress then. I don't know because it's like – it just – I did not believe you. I don't don't believe you that you were tough as nails. I'm sorry. No, yeah. not, not at all. Um, but no, the, I, my criticism of the first season of the show without, you know, trying to spoil anything for anyone is I felt like it had one storyline, but w- meaning that, you know, Jessica Jones had a story arc that interacted with the, uh, what's his name? Uh, kill grave, kill Gore, yeah. the purple man. Yeah. He was the villain of the show and they had this interaction and they both had a, had a story arc that led, led to, you know, uh, a conflict as good stories do. The conflict was resolved. It left you wondering, left you questioning. Perfect idea. The problem was in 13 episodes that you can't tell a three act story in 13 episodes. It's too much. You need like a five, six, eight act story because you have to have other stuff going on. Or if you want to stick to your three act story, you need enough subplots to keep people interested because Jessica Jones can only – get you know freaked out and scared and have bad memories so many times after the eighth ninth tenth episode i don't fucking care anymore like just (laughs) get to the fucking point is she gonna kill this guy or not is she gonna beat him up is she gonna win that just get to the point already like i know she's she's okay she's afraid of him i get it 
cool. Like you've sold that to me. Now move the fuck on from that to the next part of her story arc journey. Like where is this going? Yeah. And it doesn't go anywhere else. And and there's a couple of subplots, but none of them last for longer than like maybe one episode. But I repeat, there's 13 fucking episodes. So where's the rest of this fucking story? Yeah. And that was my criticism as I'm watching it, thinking, well, that's kind of a miss. You know, they did a better job with the subplots in Daredevil. And I saw, okay, cool. And then season two was more of the same. Like season two was like three episodes of a story stretched into 13 with so much filler bullshit that meant nothing. I, I guarantee you that you could take the first episode, the last episode, pick one random one in the middle and throw all the rest of the way. And you'd still be able to watch those three with that random choice and be able to understand the whole story. Like <laughs> I guarantee oh, yeah. you because it was bullshit. And, and, and taking, I know we're talking about uh, Marvel TV shows, but taking it back to Marvel Comics for a second, I'm wondering if you remember this conversation that you and I had had uh, specifically about uh, Brian Michael Bendis' Ultimate Spider-Man when they got to the Ultimate Green Goblin and they stretched the fight into, like, two issues because they have to do the whole, like, oh, it's got to be a six-issue story arc because they were they were writing for the trades at that point. Yeah, that and decompression. Oh, my God. It drove me nuts because I'm like, you're telling me I spent three dollars on a comic book that basically is several splash pages and like a few word balloons. Like Mm -hmm. I read it in less than two minutes because it's literally just page after page of like, you know, biff, bang, boom. Like they're just fighting. And while that looks cool, that looks great. I don't need 22 pages of it. Like, what the fuck? Like, t- tell me a story. Right. Or and, if you want to if you want to decompress that and you want to tell a story in the like Japanese manga, you know, uh, concept of of, you know, pacing where it's slow and zoomed in and like, you know, slow motion, then you need to sell me like a 150 page graphic novel for seven ninety nine in black and white. That's what you need to sell me yes. instead of a 20, 22 page comic for four dollars that that has like five word balloons. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and that's, I feel like a lot of television shows um, play by those same rules of like, well, we have to have a season number. Like how many episodes are we going to get in this season? And I feel like we, we are moving away from that. So there might be hope in sight. Like I will say with the, uh, the modern Marvel and like the modern star Wars stuff, it seems like they're just, they're, they're, they're writing per episode. Like they have an over arc, like an overarching story, but each episode is written for just that episode, and it doesn't matter how short or long it is. So, like, there's a, a few, I think it was like the Book of Boba Fett, where it was like a couple episodes are literally like 32 minutes, and then a few episodes are like 56, because it's like this story only needed this much time. So we're going to get in, we're going to get out. And then this story needed a little more time to to be told. So I do appreciate that they're starting to to move in that direction, but it's still not enough. It's still because there's too many things you also have to interconnect with. So it's like, mm-hmm. oh, hey, this this one like Book of Boba Fett, you can't just watch the Book of Boba Fett without watching the Mandalorian season one and two. You have to know what happens in that to understand what happens in this. Yeah. Which. And, ugh, oh, good. Yeah. It, it's just it, it's fr- it frustrates me. And then like uh, the other one that I watch um, not religiously. But I watch this show usually after it comes out and and I can binge it um, is American Horror Story. And I have a very 
like I have a very harsh like love hate relationship with American Horror Story, like to the point where I will I will bitch hard about those <laughs> that series. But then there are some that I'm like, that was amazing. Um, but they're they always have one common flaw. It goes on too damn long. There's too many episodes. There are every season. It goes to a point where it's like, okay, if you ended there, that would have been a cool story. But oh wait, there's five more episodes. Fuck. And then you ruin the storyline. Like, I, I I forget what season number it was, but Cult is the perfect example where it's like, it's it's really good the first couple episodes you're like holy shit where is this going and then it just unravels all over itself and it's like well that was a waste of time you know and then the the most recent season they do a like a double feature where it's like uh six episodes of one story and five episodes of another story so they prove that they can tell you a complete story in five to six episodes they've just chosen not to all this time yeah (laughs) and and it drove me nuts because i'm like the first half of that season, I'm like, that was great. Holy crap. That was a really cool story. I didn't know where it was going. It took me in cool directions and it ended where it needed to end. Like I was so happy that when the next episode came on, it was the other story. I'm like, Holy shit. They didn't outstay their welcome. This is fantastic. (laughs) So, but it like, it took them what nine seasons to get there. (laughs) So, Oh man. Yeah. Too much. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's actually one of those shows that like I haven't watched very much of because it's like, well, it's, it's put it on the list, I guess, you know, <laughs> like it's yeah. there's so much, you know, and I'm still I'm still trying to watch shows from like years ago. Um, and you mentioned video games earlier with like Warcraft and what I've decided and, and having been burned by the, the Netflix Marvel shows is, is that, you know, what I'm just going to enjoy what I enjoy and because I don't, I want it to be enjoyable. It's supposed to be entertaining, not feel like work, not feel like something I have to watch or I have to catch up on or I have to do. Because um, as soon as I start feeling like, like I have to, then yep. I got to, I got to take a step back and think about wait, like what, what am I doing this for, you know? And so, like, I like video games. I've never been a big gamer. I've never really been super committed to it. I mentioned on other episodes, like, I never really had a lot of consoles, but I enjoy games. Mm-hmm. My problem, and, it, and I have the same problem with anything, is I'm kind of OCD. So I'm a completionist. Like, when I do something, I like to do all of it if I can. Like, if mm-hmm. I'm going to read a comic, I want to read every issue of that comic or collect every issue of, of that book, you know, my my personal like you know uh comic book collecting uh thing that i do for fun uh, that you know kind of keeps me excited is i collect trade paperbacks and hardcovers primarily i don't do a lot of like single issue comics um and i like to pick a an area like a publisher or a creator or a title and then just see if i can get like every one of those trades or every one of those hardcover print uh, reprints i did that where i own every single wildstorm comic ever printed on it with a spine I have every uh, one of like Rob Liefeld's like extreme slash maximum slash awesome comics from the nineties printed, <laughs> printed with a spine. You know, I have, uh, I'm working on Evan Dorkin. I'm working, you know, I have every America's best comics that Alan Moore did. Like, you know, I'm, I, I just, I pick a creator and I'm like, I'm just going to buy everything. And that's how it, it kind of keeps my juices flowing. And, and when, I, when I'm, when I'm out on the hunt, you know, what am I looking yeah. for rather than just buying like random stuff, you know, or like, Oh, that looks cool. Um, I like, I like to be, I like to have a, a point. I like to have a goal. But as a completionist, I play a video game 
like you know the, i played like breath of the wild for example oh. and I, I i fucking love that game but there's yeah. so much there's so <laughs> so much to do yeah i was gonna say it's very open world for a lot of stuff <laughs> and me being me you know i have to do everything and yes mm-hmm. like i found all 900 koroks that was completely pointless and it felt like homework after a while because it's yep. 900 little golden turds. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I went I went everywhere on the map and found every treasure chest and every weapon and collected. I did everything. And it took me like two years. And yep. there were times when it felt like homework. And those were the times when I was like, you know what? I got to chill for a while. And, you know, when it's interesting again, I'll pick it up again. But I don't normally play games. I decided like video games aren't really my thing. I don't watch a lot of TV. You know, I, I I stick to certain types of comics. I stopped reading like monthly new releases just to limit the amount of shit that I felt like I had to have or had to read or had to do. You know, right. um, you know, just to just to kind of like, you know, cut things down. Well, no. And, and that's the thing. Like, I, I definitely agree with the video game thing Um, in the last like, God, pff, the last 10 years or so. Um, my gaming has pretty much cut down to, well, it was, I, I still was playing wow for a while this, this last like two years. That's kind of when I've really fizzled out on it, but I mainly play, uh, like the resident evil games when they come out, I'll, I'll pick it up and play it uh, up until part seven terrified me. And it took me like over a year to finally sit down and play it. <laughs> Cause I was like, I don't like this. It's like they plucked it for my <laughs> nightmares, but, um, but yeah, like I, I pick certain games that I'll play. And there is a point where it does start to feel like homework, um, especially when in the gamer circles, people are like, oh, my God, you have to play X, like whatever game is. And the one that kept getting recommended to me was The Witcher. Everyone's like, oh, my God, you got to play The Witcher. You got to play The Witcher. You got to play. I'm like, all right, well, one of these days I'll, I'll, I'll sit down and play it. And I bought the first game on a Steam sale for like five dollars. So I'm like, all right, well, I have it in my library. I've never once loaded it up. Because, like, I have so many other things to do, and now they're on The Witcher 3 and, like, expansions for it and stuff. And I'm like, I don't want to play through two okay games to get to the quote-unquote good game just to understand what the fuck is going on. Mm -hmm. So now I'm just like, I'm not going to play them. Like, I own it, and I'm probably not ever going to play it. (laughs) Because it's like, I got it on a sale because everyone kept telling me, oh, you got to play it. And it it felt like homework. So I, I just, yeah, I can't, I can't commit to those kind of things. And and like you were saying with the completionist thing, I get that itch with certain things. Uh, while I really had it bad and like, man, I had to stop and examine some things because there, there's an achievement list. And I was in constant competition with the rest of my guild of like, cause I, when, when they finally put the achievements in and everybody got credit for the stuff they've already done, I had the highest achievement score and everyone, went, everyone was gunning for me. They were like, ah, oh, I'm going to overtake you. And I'm like, the hell you are. So I had to keep <laughs> doing more. And like, I mean, the one achievement that I did, uh, it was called What a Long Strange Trip. It took me over a year because the entire thing was you had to do achievements within certain holidays in the game during the time frame of the holiday. And there was like a list of achievements. So it was like every aspect of the game. Some of it was like in dungeons. Some of it was player versus player. Some of it was exploration. So, like, I had to make sure I carved out a time frame during the time of the in-game holidays to make sure I could do these achievements. Because if I fucked <laughs> up, I wasn't going to be able to do it again for another year. Oh, so geez. it was it was stressful <laughs> you know, to get this done. And I did it. And I'm like, what am I doing with my life? <laughs> so, right. 
You get that serotonin blast for like a minute and then you're like, well, that's over. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think the last time that I got like hyped on achievements or like got to do it all type of mentality is right at the start of COVID. Um, Resident Evil 3 remake came out, uh, Nemesis. And I'm like, well, I ain't got anything else to do. I'm just working and <laughs> working and coming home. That's all I can do. So I, I bought Resident Evil 3 and I started playing it. And, and it's a it's a fairly difficult game, but I got so good at it because I kept playing it over and over. I'm like, I'm gonna beat it on nightmare mode. I'm gonna beat it on inferno mode. Like, and I was just like <laughs> going through, like doing all the hardest things to just do it. And it's yep. like when I was done, I'm like, okay, so now I I could have totally been reading a book. I could have been making art. <laughs> yeah. Why did I do that? I already enjoyed the game, so. So, yes, I think uh, one of the things we're driving at with this entire rental rant is that for people like us, <laughs> for <laughs> that that collector driven or, uh, you know, that OCD aspect of got to complete a whether it be collection, series, show, whatever, what have you, when they get indulgent and they make these things so fucking long that they're just spinning their wheels and being like, well, what if this happens now? You know, rather than getting to the damn point, it gets frustrating and we lose interest. Yeah, 100%. You know, and and for people like you and I who, you know, fancy ourselves storytellers uh, of a sort, it's frustrating to understand Mm -hmm. how stories work, you know, how our brains understand stories and why tales that you tell can captivate an audience and then to watch people who get paid shitloads of money and you know <laughs> and have the have the, the the eyeballs of millions of people around the world tell such terrible stories you know like, yep. <laughs> and there's so many and it's even I, I don't even want to go down this you know there's there's so many good stories out there that like no one ever sees because they don't get they don't get a chance but you know because disney has money uh you know but whatever <laughs> yeah, yeah no no you're right you're 100 percent right it's just so frustrating. Like you have all this money. Like can't you, you, I know you can hire better writers. I know you can tell better stories than this, you know, and, and some of it is just the corporate, you know, machines that just keep on rolling, you know, printing money. And that's just the way it is. And there's only so much you can bitch before it's like, look, you know, don't change the world. If you don't want, don't like the show, don't watch the fucking show. And that's, yeah. and that's where I'm at right now. I'm like, you know Same. what? Your shows are boring. I'm not watching Loki and, you know, WandaVision or whatever the hell. And maybe it's good. I don't give a fuck anymore. You burned me. You ruined it. Yeah. You know, you, you... well, and that's the thing. I, I actually all those shows you just mentioned, I actually did really enjoy them, but I did not watch them as they were coming out. I didn't get caught up in the zeitgeist. And it was the whole, like I said, treadmill and and work lunch thing where it was mm-hmm. like, I got to do something while I'm doing this. I can't just stand here walking on a treadmill, staring at my wall. So what am I going to watch? Yep. You know, and, and a lot of times I used to watch the news. That was what that was my time to watch the news, because I'm like, if the news is going to stress me out, at least I'm relieving stress by working out. So mm-hmm. <laughs> that, yeah. that was my trade off. But then I got to the point where I was just stressed out afterwards. I'm like, uh, news is in small bites. Don't don't watch a half an hour of news. Um, you know, like Let's let's just read a little bit. But, yeah, so that's when I started watching all that stuff. And, you know, I thankfully avoided most spoilers for a lot of this stuff. But um, that's also because I don't have that itch of I have to know, mm-hmm. you know, like I know a lot of people who will read like the the newest, uh, like, you know, the the new sites, the, the freaking what is it? I horror and stuff like that. And, you know, the Entertainment Weekly, they'll, they'll jump sure. on those like, you know, oh, what's coming out? What's go-? And then you'll inevitably get something spoiled for you. I avoid those like the plague for that very reason. I hate spoilers. 
Um, so yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things. If you have the time to commit, they're good shows, but at the same time, just having the time to commit is hard. It really is. I'm behind on a ton of movies. I can't tell you how frustrated I was with the new Texas chainsaw. Um, I finally did sit down and watch it, but like everybody was talking about it day one and I got so many texts like, did you watch it yet? And I'm like, no, it came out today and I work. <laughs> like, I, I will get to it. Oh, you got to watch it. You got to watch it. And it started to feel like homework. It started to feel like I have to watch this. Otherwise, like I'm somehow failing as a horror fan. And it's like, I hate that fucking feeling. I really do. But um, the main thing that we're, we're getting at, whether it be video games, whether it be comics, whether it be TV shows or movies, there is something to be said for getting in telling your story and getting the fuck out while you still can. And the thing I always think of that, that does that perfectly in my opinion that I hated at the time, but upon a second viewing, I'm like, my God, it was fucking brilliant was Seinfeld. Now Seinfeld, they started going off the rails. I love that show. That is one of my all time favorite shows. It It's like comfort food to me. Um, none of the characters are likable. And that's what I like about it is that, all of the characters are assholes. <laughs> like you don't really root for any of them. And that's, that was what, what they started up. Apparently I'm going to assume Jerry Seinfeld started to see is that, you know, people were liking these characters a little too much. So when he ended the show, in spite of, you know, the, the producers and the, and his co-hosts and everybody else or uh, actors, you know, in spite of everybody else being like, no, we need to do more seasons. We're on top of the world. He ended the show making sure everyone knew these characters were unlikable. And that was it. They were done. They were in jail. Yep. <laughs> like, and I like that last episode. Well, that's the thing. But at the time, everybody hated. I mean, they, mm-hmm. it was like it was like the a pop culture joke to make fun of the last episode of Seinfeld. I mean, they even make fun of it in the Bloodhound Gang. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, big letdown unparalleled, like the last episode of Seinfeld. Exactly. So it's like, you know. I, I when it came out on Hulu, I went back and rewatched it from episode one on like over the course of a couple months. And like, I realized just how fucking funny that last episode is like, it's really well done. And it it did what it needed to do. They were like, we've OK, we've we told our story. We're becoming a parody of ourselves like that last season, man. There there are some. There are some episodes where it's like, wow, that is really silly when you compare it to previous seasons. And I think they saw that and they're like, let's let's get the fuck out, you know, and that's that's important to be able to do, to be able to tell your story and leave. (laughs) You know, I think that is exactly the the message that we are delivering here. And I think it's a good place to stop, actually. And it's exactly the right message is, yeah, your TV TV shows are too fucking long because you just need to get to the fucking point, you know, and tell it, tell the story you want to tell and get out, close the door, walk away, do the next thing. Just because it's making money or people like it doesn't mean you got to keep making it forever and ever and ever and ever. Like we don't need more star Wars TV shows. We just don't need them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Even if some of them are good, we just don't need them. Yep. So with that, yeah, Mike, this is good. I mean, it wasn't exactly short. <laughs> 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 but, eh, short ish. <laughs> <but, 
I think maybe we, we definitely want to talk about spoilers uh, in another one of these. And yeah, I think we should do we should do like a special bonus episode where we we just get on and just talk about some comics and whatever it is, you know, just to oh, just to get it get it get it out. Let's just shake it out. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> it's it's like when my 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 kids used to watch uh, Hey Gab or was it Yo Gabba Gabba? Yeah, yep, Yo Gabba yep, Gabba. Yo Gabba Gabba. Man. Yep. It's one of the one of the greatest kids shows of all time. I love that show. Um, oh, seriously, so I was good. depressed when Caleb stopped watching it. I'm like, oh man. <laughs> I know. Oh, I mean, I know. Me too. I still I think to it's watch good. it with him. <laughs> Same here. It's a great show. The Jack Black episode is like one of the best. Oh um, God, I love that one. It's so good. But you know, but they used to be like, you know, what is it? It's like get was it like get the wiggles out? Is that what it is? Like get the yep, wiggles, get the wiggles out. out. Get, oh, and I still think about that sometimes. It's like I get. You know, I get this uh, this like bug in my ear about wanting to talk about something, and it's like ah, like I just want to like just get the wiggles out. Like, you know, yep. I just I just need an outlet to go and spew it out of my brain so I can go. Okay, I'm satisfied now. <laughs> See, and that's that's what the the impetus for those long ass texts that you and I send back and oh. forth. Every we'll get on those rants where it's like we're sending novels back and forth to each other. <laughs> I literally bought a Bluetooth keyboard for just that purpose. So I could, it was hurting my thumbs, man. You know, Uh, I actually, I I stumbled across uh, some old files uh, a couple weeks ago uh, when I was looking for something for the show. And I was like, oh, I had actually saved some of those old texts where I had copied them and stuck them into like a document on my phone because they were so long. I couldn't like, every time I did something else, my phone would like go to sleep and I would like lose where I was in the scroll. Yep. (laughs) So I had to like put them in a document so I could like read them like, piece by piece (laughs) oh i'm just as guilty guilty, right yeah so yeah definitely definitely some you know long-winded long-winded rants here but i'm not apologizing for it it's our goddamn show but we will take our own advice and get the fuck out of here we've said our piece we've made our point uh any last thoughts mike no no i think realistically i think we said everything there is to be said on all these topics (laughs) <laughs> I think so too. Uh, yeah. So I'll just say, Hey, you know, thanks for tuning in. And, uh, in regard to your social media plugs, you can find everything that you want at radpantheon.com. Uh, it's an art collective of podcasters, artists, uh, musicians, you name it, uh, all kinds of cool stuff, photographers, uh, and more at radpantheon.com. We're not taking our own advice and, and keeping our show short, so we will <laughs> we will uh, slap ourselves in the wrist, learn our lesson, and say, uh, with that, I'm Josh. I'm Mike, and we have to return some videotapes. <laughs> Raised by Rentals is a member of the Rad Pantheon Network. Visit RadPantheon.com to support Rad stuff. The theme music is Forbidden Fruit by Velvet Bethany. You can purchase music and learn more at velvetbethany.com. You know, that really grinds my gears.